Hey guys, welcome to Cannonfire. I mean, wait, the Fan Freaks podcast, where we freak out about all our favorite movies, comics, games, and any media in between. This is the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most and the most grandos co-host. Holy shit. It's not George. <laughs> it's not Bone King. Wait a minute. I'm in a, I'm in a scary environment. It's damp and wet. Wait, who's that? I've got him tied to a railroad track somewhere. Yeah! <laughs> it's your supervillain, James Supervillain Ramos. How you guys doing? Man, uh, I don't remember how I got here, but I guess there's a microphone in my face. I guess we're going to do a show, right? Yes, we are, Adrian. <laughs> and today's... And you're going to like it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> this is one of my fetishes. Anyway, we're doing a freaky Getting five. Getting forced to... <laughs> to record a podcast? It's very specific. It's oddly specific. That's why I'm single. Uh, this is uh, a freaky five today where we narrow down our freaky five. But today, since it's... A Halloween Spectacular. <laughs> We're doing a Freaky Five of favorite horror movie kills. And now James and I, we were we were prepping this and I think we were a little worried we were going to overlap. So we came up with like three or four honorable mentions. Yep. Um, but let's get into our recents. I mean, uh, I came over here to your house and the first thing we did was watch Man of Tomorrow. Yeah, man. I think it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this was my first time watching it. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was it, it was a nice. It feels very different than the recent run of like DC animated movies that we've gotten. If I see another Damien Batman movie, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. <laughs> uh, but no, it was good. Uh, it felt fresh. Uh, Superman felt really, you know, like he felt appropriately young and naive and bright, but he also still felt like Superman, which was good. Uh, the guy, I can't remember his name right now, the actor who voiced Superman in this is uh, one of the cast members from Glee. He also played the Versace killer, but he did a great job playing this like young, naive Superman. But we really got to talk about Alexandra Daddario as Lois and Zachary Quinto Zachary as Quinto's Lex. Lex. And, he, oh. and he fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah. You look, uh, there's been a lot of good Lex voices. Uh, we've Clancy, had man. Rain Wilson, who's yeah. Dwight Schrute from The well. Office. Did pretty well. And we had, yeah, Clancy Brown, the who's like the voice to beat, yeah. I would argue. Uh, of course. He's the Mark Hamill of Joker. Yeah. I feel that. like I, I feel like at this point it's easy to say that most of like the DC original animated series, they are the benchmark that most people use. Right. Because oh, crap, what was his name? Superman. The one in the yeah. the Timverse? Yeah. Tim Daly. There you go. Because Tim Daly, he it, it's he he it, it's true. Like I see an animated Superman, and that's the voice that I hear. Right. But I think he also matched that Christopher Reeves kind of like naivete, almost, humbleness. Yeah, but almost monotone, but still chipper. You know, hello Lois, like that yeah. kind of thing. And he does it very well. Uh, so I think uh, Darren Chris, who is the kid who did it, this one, he doesn't. He did a nice younger version of that. He has a little more pep in his voice. Right. But it worked. Um, overall, I think the movie's a good uh, starting point. This is how you start it. Very interesting. We're not going to get into spoilers, I think. I mean, the movie just came out about uh, like two, three months ago. But I saw it at Target, said, fuck it, I'll buy it. Plug for Target. <laughs> give us that sponsor uh, money, Target. Give us money. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think it was a, a good starting point. I'm very interested to see where this goes. Um, 
what else did uh, I do? We well. Oh, really quick. I, I'm not going to mention what character he plays, but as a, as a huge fan of Agents of Shield, I love that uh, Brett Ward was in this, or Brett Dalton. Sorry. Yeah, played Ward you combined in Agents of Shield. Both. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brett Dalton was in this. Uh, I'm not going to say who he was, but he did great. Also, he's just a huge fucking nerd. He's such a great guy. I know. It's awesome. Um, but honestly, two out of my five recents, well, three out of my five recents I did with you, which was Hunt Showdown and Far Cry 5, hmm. which I just got into Far Cry 5. Now, James here, if you don't know, huge Far Cry fan. Yeah. Like, you've played all of them, all even of, Primal. Uh, yeah, even Primal, which is probably the most disappointing of the series. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because it's... It's a little difficult to do all of that. It was cool. Like, the concept was cool. It just, yeah, caveman thing. Yeah, it just failed in execution. Right. Uh, but 5 is a lot of fun. And uh, I told James one of the reasons why I got it was the map editor. And, bro... Arcade mode is cool. Those fucking maps are legit. I found a Raccoon City one. You found uh, a, a couple of other ones. That Several you... Metal Gear ones. Uh, so there's maps from all over the place. But there's also some really cool, unique maps. Really cool alien terrain maps. It's awesome. Yeah, like, I think we need more games like this where you can have that, where you could have, like, replayability. Yep. That's something that's great that Pro Skater does, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater did, and Doom, 2016 Doom had a map editor. Um, another The only thing that uh, kills me about Far Cry 5, and I, it, I think this is why I find it less interesting than prior inst install. Inst like 4 and 3? Right, is that it's set in America. Meaning, I've seen that environment. You get okay. me? Like, I've seen the Midwest. I've seen what that looks like. It's not like Far Cry 4, which is set in, like, you know, fictional uh, Thailand, basically. Where that's a completely different environment. Or 3, or, which is uh, Caribbean islands. Right, exactly. It's very different. Like, the, meanwhile, this is... It's, oh, it's, it's fucking America. So it's a little less visually interesting to me. But it is also very well done visually. It's a beautiful right. game. Um, almost done. I watched John Carpenter's Vampires because mm. I'm trying to do the spooky time. Um, still holds up and it's, uh, before James Woods became James Woods that we know today. <laughs> uh, and I started this Netflix show that, uh, James is going to watch with his girlfriend, uh, Blood of Zeus. I saw the first episode, dude, animation on fucking point. It's that Castlevania studio, man. They're, they're, yep. they're so good at action. And our one of our boys who voiced Batman in the fucking DC animated uh, universe cartoon movies, Jason O'Mara, is the the head voice of the main character. Yeah. So good for him to keep seeing work. Mm -hmm. What are your recents? Uh, Jojo and I just finished uh, watching Upload, the Amazon Prime original series. What's that? Starring Robbie Amell. Uh, so I you mean Chris it, Redfield? Yeah, Chris Redfield. <laughs> it, I thought it was one thing, and it ended up not being that at all. I thought it was going to be very much like The Good Place. Oh, okay. Where it was just, you know, some weird exploration of the afterlife. Right. But it ended up being, I mean, that is what it is. But it is also a murder mystery, which is not what I expected. Oh. And a very interesting one at that. Uh, Robbie Amell does a great, because his, his main character is, like, intelligent jock. Really? That's yeah. um. Okay. But he like he he was like he was an attractive guy who went to like MIT, I think. Oh. So he killed it with the ladies at MIT cuz he was the only guy who could talk to a woman. Uh so <laughs> as, but as a result he kind of plays that lovable douche character like he's still a jerk like not a jerk but he's still kind of douchey but you can't help but find him charming. 
Right. Uh, and he does a really good job at it. I mean, that's that's Robbie Amell's whole thing, really. Uh, <laughs> he does uh, that a little too well. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the two female leads in the... In Upload. In Upload. Yeah, thank you. Uh, are his girlfriend, uh, Ingrid, who's played by uh, Allegra Edwards. And then his... His, well, in the show, she's known as his angel. His girlfriend? No. Uh, so basically, when you're upload, so that's what happens is you die. Okay. But in order to make you live forever, basically, just before your moment of death, they can basically vaporize your head and turn your brain into data. Oh, alter carbon. Kind of, except you don't get to live on in a body. You live in like a virtual reality afterlife. Oh, okay. And everything's capitalism. So the rich people get a better afterlife than lower class people. Right, right. Like lower class people are called two giggers where they're given like two gigabytes of data a month. And like if you reach that data cap, you're frozen until next month. Oh, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. Meanwhile, like he, so he dies. His girlfriend, however, is a one percenter played by Ingrid. So she pays to send him to, I forget what it's called, but it's the one percenter afterlife. And it's amazing. It's beautiful views, free, like, you know, food is everywhere. It's awesome. But uh, eventually, uh, but his handler, this is the person that works for the VR company. That's his angel. Her name is Nora. And she eventually finds out that something's wrong with him. Some memories are missing. Oh. It's also worth noting that he died in a self-driving car, which isn't supposed to happen. Oh, okay. So, yeah, murder mystery. Yeah. Nice. really cool. Uh, how long is it, would you say? Like eight episodes or? Ten episodes, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's really easily digestible and it's it's a really cool watch. What the, end of, the end of the season is a little frustrating, but what season finale isn't? <laughs> what what else did you watch? Uh, well, uh, watch? That's pretty much fuck. Oh, Borat 2. Oh, I watched cool. Borat 2. How was that? It's cool. Okay, so here's my thing. I'm pretty sure it's better than Borat 1. I mean, isn't it more of the same? Yes, but it's more... Well, first off, the uh, his uh, co-star... I can't remember her name right now, but the actress who plays his daughter steals the show. She's, Is she really 15? No, she's like 28. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she does an amazing job. Um, but here's the thing. Like, when Borat... When I saw Borat... I wasn't really sure what I was going to see when I sat down to watch Borat 1. So when, when I'm sitting in theaters watching Borat 1, everything was shocking. Because I didn't know what to expect. Right. You get me? That's not the case with Borat 2. I know what to expect from Sasha Baron Cohen now. Yeah, because after, I mean, Borat 1, then he had Bruno. Bruno, yeah. And Bruno kind of like went far. Yeah. yeah. He was really testing the boundaries there. And hell, Borat 1 had that scene with that fat guy in the hotel where they were running around naked. Yep. Uh, that fat guy kind of makes a cameo in this one. Oh no, shit! Uh-huh. Welcome kind back. of not a, not, the actor doesn't, but the character does. Okay, um, tell you later. Um, but uh, yeah, M- Maria ba- ba- Bakalova is the actress who plays his daughter in this one, and boy does she fucking sell it, man! She does it really? so fucking well. Also, this is really cool. So in the mo- in the movie. He leaves her with the babysitter, who is this African-American woman, and he leaves her there. But he brings her there with, like, a ball and chain around her leg, and he gives her treats and shit. And this woman is, she thinks this is all real. Is that the babysitter? Yeah. Oh. So she's having, like, real heartfelt conversations with this. And she admitted that she she felt lied to by the production staff because they thought it was, she thought it was a documentary. 
But she also went on to say she never felt like she was in danger. She, like, she felt safe and stuff like that. But she still felt a little like disillusioned by it. Right. Uh, but the Borat 2 fandom has come together and already put together like a $50,000 GoFundMe for her. No shit. Because she lost her job because of, you know, COVID. No. Yeah, nice, yeah. man. Yeah, it's really cool when stuff like that happens. Um, but yeah, uh, so overall, I think it's a better movie. But again, it doesn't have that newness, that shiny, shiny. Right, movie. right. Uh, in turn, I mean, yeah, Hunt Showdown. Really excited for the upcoming Halloween event. Yeah, so... When you showed it to me, it said uh, PC, and you now say it's it going to be on... launched on PC yesterday on the 28th. Okay. They had to make an official announcement stating that the original plan was to launch for PC and consoles at the same time. But due to unforeseen circumstances, they weren't able to do Rona. it. Like, No, it likely has to do with the fact that PC and console are on different versions. Oh. And never mind that, it's also that getting updates on, on consoles is way harder than it is on, on Steam. On mm-hmm. Steam, you basically manage your own updates. Getting you Sony has to go through Sony's approval process before it launches on the store. Fuck me. I actually had to call Sony's helpline uh, the other day for something about my PS4 that I didn't realize wasn't the PS4's fault, but they're not taking calls. No, they haven't been for a while. Yeah, it's just straight up go online. Yeah, which is a little weird. Um, That being said, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for the Halloween event. I think it's going to be cool. Um, we're pro. We're probably gonna fucking try and get all the the fancy legendaries. I want to. Yeah, four legendary weapons. Oh, so cool! You actually uh, got bored of the legendary. Like you were perusing yesterday. I got all the ones that I wanted. You were like, eh, "This isn't. I'll save it. Yeah. I'll use these blood bonds because that's the other currency in in Hunt yeah. Showdown is is uh, the blood bonds that are very they're hard to get. Item at like, but just playing them, you do get them. Like I yeah. bought. What was the last thing I bought? Um, I don't remember. I bought one of the legendary weapons and spent 300 blood bonds on it like two and a half, three weeks ago. And I'm already back up to 400. Right. So you, again, it's not, the fact that you can even earn them by just playing the game at all is awesome. Yeah. And they also added in the, uh, the golden, uh, the golden cash registers, which gives you a chance to find up to 200 blood bonds uh, in the map, which is really cool. And it's a great scavenger hunt with friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Other than that, uh, I'm currently playing the No Man's Sky Halloween event. Oh, how is that? Awesome. It's like playing an alien game. So they brought back these derelict freighters, mm-hmm. and you have to go into the derelict freighter and find out basically what happened to the crew. And it's all dark, and you're de- and you're taking cold damage because the thermal you know regulators don't work. Also, oh, kind of like this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really that cold? I mean, if you could just loosen the ropes a little. No. I, I promise I won't go. Shut up, or I'll put the ball gag back on. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 it's really cool, really atmospheric, and you get some really cool stuff out of it, uh, which I like. Uh, other than that, my only recent thing is I'm big into collecting vinyl now since I've restored my grandparents' old record player. Right, right. You're 85. Got uh, it. <laughs> this in here, son. <laughs> Uh, no, but um, no, I, but actually, it's a pretty sweet thing because you got this big ass vinyl player, and everybody was gonna throw it away, but you fixed it, yep. and now it actually plays sweet tunes. Yeah, I fixed it. Uh, did a little internal restoration on it. And I still got to do a full restore. I'm gonna do a full overhaul on it, but keep all the original parts. Uh, but I just got the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, picture vinyl, which is it, beautiful. Yeah, it has a really cool image of Frankenfurter printed on both sides of it. It's awesome. 
And then I also got the Clockwork Orange, which along with, I already had 2001 A Space Odyssey. I just need to get The Shining to wrap up my Kubrick trilogy. Yeah, but Clockwork Orange is is, is a tough watch these oh, days. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's that scene. Yeah. <laughs> which I still don't understand how that was okay back then, but still, like, today it's even more. It was more. art. It was Kubrick. You let him right. do whatever the hell he wanted. Right, right. Just him butcher fucking Ali Sheedy. Dude, no, Kubrick wasn't... could not have a career today. It like wasn't Ali Sheedy. It was... Uh, no. Uh, what was... Uh, now it's bothering me. You're talking about The Shining? Yeah. Uh, Duvall. Um, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Poor uh, anyway. girl. Yeah, no, he yeah. he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't have a career today. <laughs> no, there's no way. Be canceled. He would have immediately. got canceled. He would have been gone, <laughs> out of here. Um, uh, and yet here we are, still enjoying his shit. So I don't know what that says about us. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me, man. Now, what? Uh, sh- we should go right into news, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you go first, or I go first? Yeah, you go first. All right. We. I feel like I do that joke way too much. Um, first things first, the knee sweep. As you have dubbed it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hi, this, this He doesn't listen to this. No, he doesn't. He doesn't support his friends. Anyway, so Hitman 3 and Control are going to be cloud games for Nintendo, the Nisui. So I'm wondering. So the the, the, the report for that it alludes to the fact that Nintendo's having issues porting games over. Right. So their solution is to cloud stream. So what is it cloud streaming from? A PC? I don't know. I really don't like, know. Uh, I don't know if you remember, like a year ago, two years ago, Japan had Resident Evil 7. Yes. And it was cloud stream apparently over there. Great. Here, not so much. Mm. And I'm assuming it's because they have way better internet than we do. Yes, they do. So I don't know, honestly. And uh, we were talking about Far Cry 5, Far Cry 6, and uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, which I didn't even know was a new Rainbow Six game. But both those games got delayed till past March 2021. I'm suspicious of the name Rainbow Six Quarantine. So am I, but Ubisoft's prone to do things that are like like on the edge. Did you see the Watch Dogs Legion thing? Yes. And yeah. I mean, that's like, that's BLM all over, bro. Uh-huh. Like, holy shit. Um, Cyberpunk 2077, delayed again till 2077. <laughs> <laughs> no sorry but uh apparently this is the last one and you you have some news on that like well, yeah, you have their, more clarification their official report actually from uh the developers is that pc and current gen versions of the game are ready or no sorry pc and next gen versions of the game so the ps5 xbox blah 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 the xbox Can- fridge and the p and the ps router are ready to ship <laughs> uh but the uh it's the current gen versions of the game both for ps4 and xbox are having some issues. So that's where they ran into the problem. No so they're shit. delaying again till December it is, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, which say, I'm sure a lot of other companies are happy about that because uh, Assassin's Creed, I think, also comes out in yeah. November, which was the original release date. for. Yeah, and it was going to get fucking destroyed. Yeah, exactly. Also, Watch Dogs Legion was going right. to get... So I'm um, sure they're happy that that's uh, taking a little breather. Uh, little horror movie news. Insidious 5, some say uh, five too many. Mm-hmm. Um, Insidious 5 is get, getting a new director and it's Patrick Wilson. Ocean Master himself is going to direct uh, and this is his directorial debut. Yep. Which is hats off to him. I really enjoy when actors then grow to to become directors. Like I really enjoy that. Probably the most famous one is Ron Howard. Right. Happy Days and shit like that. Uh, but 
Insidious is like I I enjoy the franchise, but it's it's literally conjuring light with half the scares. Uh, but hundred percent of the gore. Anyway, um, I feel like you're seeing that a lot. Uh, uh, going back to the actors directors thing, you're seeing that a lot these days. Like Olivia Wilde did it. Uh, oh Chris, yeah, that's right. She did it. Chris Evans is, uh, gets behind the direct is getting behind the director's chair. John Krasinski. Uh, yeah, John Krasinski. John Krasinski did a great job. Um, yeah, just didn't Quiet Place Two already come out? That's, no, it better not have. Yeah, because that's his. Like he yeah. was directing that, and he wasn't. He was only going to be in it for like allegedly flashbacks, but I don't know. No, it's not. It's it's not there yet. Oh, so it was delayed and shit. Like everything else got delayed. Oh no! Wait, what? It did come out this. Oh no, no, no! It comes out next year, twenty twenty one. Oh okay. Hopefully, we have a movie theater to go to in twenty twenty one. AMC's in trouble. Yep. And this goes back to what you said earlier in the month with uh, Regal and what was uh, Cinemark. Yeah. It's a bad time. Man. It is a bad time, especially because. Well, is that in for your news? Yeah. Well, we can shift over into mine. Uh, Disney uh, has officially announced that they're shifting their primary focus away from Hollywood productions. Fucking great. And considering that they now own two of the three biggest movie production studios in the world. Fox and them. Disney and themselves. Right. So, I mean, Fox and then Disney. The only one left is basically Universal. What about Warner? Oh, uh, Warner. Yeah, you're right. But they're not as big as the other three. No. Well, uh, I, actually, I think Warner is bigger than Universal, but that's... I don't... Oh, whatever. We'll check that. It doesn't matter. The point is, this is still... Losing Disney and Fox is a big hit to the theater industry. It is. It, it is. Massive. I mean, at like with them owning Fox, they own pretty much every top grossing movie in the past whatever, how many years. Right. Uh, so that's... Yeah, that's a huge hit. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's driving the nails into the coffin of the theater industry further and further. So I just want our you guys to understand what's what's going on because disney and fox own one thing they own hulu they own espn uh, they don't um, own hulu disney has a majority share of hulu what like 70 percent, 80 percent, or some shit no i think it's uh, something like that okay but universal's owned by comcast right. that's why they're called comcast universal. universal and they're also they also own nbc yep and then we have warner which is owned by at&t and you Fuck, what was it? Back in the capes and co-host days, you brought up uh, AT&T versus Disney was going to be the inevitability. Mm -hmm. They were going to compete. And uh, it's looking like that. It's looking like we're going to go that route. I hope Warner and AT&T don't quit on on films. But, I mean, the golden age of television is killing movies, I guess. Oh, I guess. It's just this. It sucks, man. Is what this is. It it really does suck. It it's. I feel like, I mean, they're a business, so yeah, they're gonna do what's the easiest way to make the most money, and that's obviously streaming in this case. But it sucks. They're literally just putting down almost over a century of fucking. Art. Well, if you combine Fox and Disney, well over a century of combined movie making. Yeah. And they're just putting it down for streaming. So it's frustrating. It's uh, it's sad, man. Pour one out. On that note, though, one of their upcoming productions is... Uh, well, so for a while, we've known that something Moon Knight has been in the works. Yeah, for a while. Whether it was back in the old Marvel TV regime or now with current Disney+. Plus, 
we finally got some real announcements coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some really weird casting rumors thrown around for Moon Knight. I, Nick I, Kroll was on that list. Okay, but like, why <laughs> I though? don't know. I don't why? know who was smoking what, but it's bizarre. I mean, John Cryer did a really good uh, uh, Lex Luthor. What? John Cryer? He was Lex oh, Luthor in, right. in Supergirl. I mean, that was pretty good. But Nick Kroll just doesn't look like a superhero. No offense, bro. It's just uh, I don't look like a superhero either. But uh, but they, we finally we finally nailed down our casting in uh, our local boy, Miami native Oscar Isaac, and he's a Cuban. I heard uh, he is. So that's interesting. Finally, yeah. getting so, some Latino. Yeah. So it's really cool uh, that we're gonna get you know a Latino Mark Spector. Uh, and now it's in, what's interesting about this too is Mark Spector is a man who suffers from severe PTSD from his military service. Right. He, uh, and he's got a slew of other PTSD and then eventually um, disassociative disorder, disassociative disorder and schizophrenia. Right. Uh, and then eventually he's gr- so the comics have flipped back and forth on this as to whether this is real or not. But uh, he has been granted powers by an Egyptian god. Khonshu. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the comics flips back and forth on whether that's real or just another voice in his head. <laughs> but what's cool about that is that the director for the upcoming Move Night series is Egyptian. Oh, which is really dope. His name's Mohammed Diab. Diab, oh. uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's a really cool touch from Disney to make sure that like you know the Egyptian part of this hero's backstory. Gets a little accurate. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I think, really, really cool. And this is a show? This is going to be a show? I believe so, yeah. I mean, it fits. For me, the story of Mark Spector, what little I know of it, you know more than I do about him, he he fits better for a show than he does for a movie. Yeah. Even a two-hour movie at best wouldn't encapsulate everything. Yeah, you need to get into his illness. You need to get into like what becoming Moon Knight means for him, like all of that, and you can't do that in a two-hour movie. But from my understanding, this is going to be a little violent. It has well, we're, it's Disney Plus though, so we have to see. Like, it can't be Netflix violent. No, no. Like, it can't be Punisher. Oh, actually, I do. Which have, is what it should be, because he is a violent. Like the character, he should is be more. Yeah. yeah, he's the kind of guy who will risk breaking an arm just to make sure that he knocks someone out. Right. Like he does not care about his own well-being when he fights. Actually, uh, I forgot a little bit of this. I mean, it doesn't matter, but the, an entire collection of Harry Potter movies is going to hit Netflix, which doesn't mm. make sense because they're owned by HBO. Wouldn't HBO just want to keep it for Max? I mean, uh, uh, Warner Brothers owns HBO, right? so they should just keep it for Max, but they're putting it on Netflix for some reason. Uh, because, uh, well, first off, the, the, the Harry Potter series has been around the block. In right, terms of right. streaming services, it's been everywhere. Right. Um, but she, as far as I'm Harry aware, Potter franchises that girl at the at the club that's like want to dance. Uh, but Harry, yeah. <laughs> but Harry Potter is a is a is it, it's not. First off, remember, I'm pretty sure J.K. Rowling has final say over everything Harry Potter. <sighs> uh huh. Yeah. And uh, and as far as I'm aware, it was a joint production of Warner Brothers Universal. Mm. So I don't know how that works in terms of licensing rights. Oh, that is true. But, and um, that is also why we have the Harry Potter world at uh, Universal. Right. Got it, got it, got it. All right, sorry. So well, actually, up? no, that's not why. Originally, it was going to be a Disney. No shit. Yeah, like like they were, the contracts were laid out. They were planning stuff out, but they didn't want to give her control. 
Mm. She like her main demand was like, I want this many rides eventually, and I need a train to go from here to here. And they wouldn't give her the train. They were giving her two rides maximum, no expansion uh, plans. And she's like, you know what? I walk. As soon as she walked out that door, Universal was like, hey, hey, me, me, me. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. We'll take an island out. We don't care. You can have it. Lost continent? Out of here. Whatever. It's all yours. And uh, that's what they did. Um, what what other news do you got? <laughs> we, got we, we fucking rambled. Sorry. We got Uncharted set photos. Oh, Nathan Drake. Yeah, right? we got our first look at Tom Holland in, in costume. We got our first look at. Uh, I saw a picture. Nolan North was there. Yeah, so he was talking to to Tom Holland. So I mean, Tom Holland is getting uh you know Nathan Drake tips from Nathan Drake himself. Fuck man, I, you, I don't think you can get much better than that, dude. No, you cannot. No. Uh, and you've got our first pictures of uh Marky Mark, as uh as Sully. Mark. Marky Mark's gonna be Sully. Yeah. Uh, Mark. Okay, I'm. Uh, what's his right. name? Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Thank you. <laughs> now nah, he'll always be Marky, Marky Mark. Mark. Yeah. And the Funky Bunch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Mark Wahlberg plays Sully, and he looks great as a young Sully. Really? Yeah. He looks awesome. I don't even like Mark Wahlberg, but I think he look, he's gonna kill it. I don't either. That, but I'm interested now. I think Sully's a good character for him to play. Um. Any other piece of news? Uh, Tim Burton's Adam's Family is be, is going into production. So, okay. I don't know how I feel about an, uh, a Helena Bonham Carter a Morticia. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be and the Johnny thing. Depp's going to be Gomez. <laughs> Just, again, um, I'm happy Johnny Depp is getting more work. But uh, <laughs> No, I, I, I hope he doesn't stick with that. You know, he'd casting. be, honestly, he'd be a really good fester. Johnny Depp? Yeah, I, I think he'd be it. a good fester. Honestly, I would love Oscar Isaac to play Gomez. He'd be a great Gomez. Jesus. Yeah, he would. He would. But who would you be? Who would you pick as Morticia? Christina Ricci. <laughs> I, you know what? Hats off. That's that's a great pick. I don't pick. care how weird it would be. I, I want it. Uh, now, here's a question, though. We've had the Gomez, uh, I'm sorry, the Adams Family movies. From with uh with Raul Julia, and then the we, one with Tim Curry, the one with Tim Curry, and then we had I think the animated movie that came out a, recently, which is yeah. pretty good. And now we're getting another live action movie. Yep. When are we getting the monsters again? Right, <laughs> right. I agree. And then the only other news I have is we're getting an Assassin's Creed live action series. Huh. Yeah, that's the only. We just have an announcement that that's happening. No casting, directing, or anything like that. Is Fassbender going to be involved? <sighs> that was such a letdown, man. What, the movie or, yeah. or him? What? Oh, uh, just the movie, but yeah. I mean, he, he worked with what he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I know that's happening, or that I care to report anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're picky about our news, and you should too. <laughs> <laughs> Especially uh, your sources. So... I, I think that's time for a break. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to get into our Freaky Five. Can I have some water? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pour Adrian some water and we'll be right back. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Bone King and you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast hosted proudly on the Fan Freaks Facebook group. That's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks. <laughs> Shut up, Adrian. Quiet. <laughs> And we're back. And there you go. Now you can speak. Oh, that hurt. 
And what are you doing here, step villain? <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, and uh, so yeah, let's just go ahead and dive right into our freaky five favorite uh, slasher movie kills. Horror movie kills, right? Yeah, horror movie kills, okay. I think, is it, it fits Because one of mine I don't think would be a slasher, but it's definitely a horror movie. Uh, f- top five favorite horror movie kills. Do you want to start us off so I don't steal one immediately right out from under you? Ah, fuck. All right. So uh, I think we should do one at a time, not yeah. do the whole five. Sure. So my first one I think is probably the most memorable, and this is the one I think you have as well. Uh-huh. Johnny Depp. The Fountain of Blood in Nightmare on Elm Street. Interesting. I do have that one, but that's not the one I thought you were going to do. No shit. Yeah. All right, go Uh, ahead. Let's talk about the fact that it comes out of fucking nowhere. The first time you're seeing this. Also, it's great to see when a young up-and-coming actor that later on gets like this huge, expansive career. Yep. And yet, this is a humble beginning. And it's just casually him rocking out to some music. We didn't know he was already asleep. And then just the practical effects alone, yep. dude. You could do a fucking 30-minute documentary on that scene. Just how the fuck did they do that? Shooting all that. Okay, by the way, spoilers from here on out. <laughs> Shooting all the blood onto the wall. That shit was so good. And I don't even like Freddy that much. Like, he's there. but No, but that movie has some really good practical effects kills. Fuck like yeah, Like, in dude. the first one, I'm your boyfriend now, the hand coming out of the shower. Oh, yeah. That's fucking a great shot. Or the hand coming out of the bath, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another great kill and a great shot. But, yeah, that's a good one. I think another uh, of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street kills is it's prime time, bitch. Okay. Number but, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that on your list? No. Okay. So, your the number one. The of blood was, though. My number one. The chest burster, man. Fuck. That's not on my list. Wow. That's not on my list. Really? That's not on my list. Yeah, dude. The chest burster from Alien. It's a classic scene. Also, greatly parodied in Spaceballs. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. But, uh, but yeah, that's set up for that scene. Why don't you talk us through it? I mean, first off, again, from practical, like, because this is before CG, all practical effects, amazing makeup team, and just everything from, you know, experiencing what is at this point most of the movie, all leading up to, you know, just, you have no idea what's going on with this guy, and just catching the entire, well, first off, not only catching the audience off guard, but catching the cast off guard, because the only person who knew what was happening was I can't remember his name, but the actor who played the Kane. Yeah, Kane, the actor who played Kane, because nobody else on set knew. Oh, so it was like a hundred percent authentic. Authentic. So when Fuck. he that everything the viscera that sprays all that sprays all over everybody that's real. Their reaction to that is real. Can we talk about the fact that it takes an hour for that? Yes. Like it's you talk about Ridley Scott buildup. Uh huh. Where is that Ridley Scott? <laughs> but there's actually a lot of that in his new series. Oh, which, he has a series. Yeah, Raised by Wolves. Oh, it's an HBO series. Oh no, shit! It's fucking weird. It is Ridley Scott Unchained. Oh, let, I'm in. But I'm in on that. Watch it, man. It's good on it's HBO. Mo- huh? It's more of him, like he loves fucking androids. Like he's all <laughs> oh, android. Oh, oh, oh. 
Uh, he's just all up on that Philip K. Dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So that's my, my number one is gonna be the Chestburster. That's dude. a great one. I just I love like again. It's from one of my favorite series. It's you know just such an iconic scene at this point. And yeah, it's this like monolith in the middle of like benchmarks of visual effects. And I love any moment when, like, you know, the director gets one up on his actors and gets, like, a real authentic reaction. Right. And this is one of those moments. And I think it's really fucking cool. So, my number two, I I don't know where this is. It's probably one of those. It's a really quick, quick death. I think it's Friday 2 it happens. Friday the 13th 2. Okay. It's Kevin Bacon in bed with the girl, but he gets fire poked through the chest. Yes. Or through the neck. <laughs> Now, let's talk about the fact this is the 80s, and this is fucking Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon before Footloose. Yeah. His neck was loose. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but Fire Poke Me Daddy was fucking such a... Like, it's an unexpected scene because he, like, fire pokes between two people. Mm-hmm. And that's... The first time you're watching it, you're like, that's inventive. Yeah. But also, at the same time... That's horrifying because you just made a human shish kebab. Yep. Before human centipede. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. No, it, it's it's definitely up there in like yeah. That's it's so first off from a cinematography standpoint, it was such a well shot scene. Right. From just you know, and again, it's 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 from a cine- cinematography standpoint, it's such a like well shot scene, and just overall, it's it's such a cool moment in you know that. Shows you what the rest of Jason is like, who Jason is as a killer, you know? Right. And I just want to say from now on, there's no more famous people dying on my list, but that's it. That's that's my list. So I actually have a Jason kill on my list too. Good. Jason has some really inventive kills. But so here's the thing I was asking you about this in the car. Does it count as a kill if it turns out the kill wasn't real? Okay. In Jason X. He's put through a VR simulation. <laughs> That's not on my list, but I know where this is going. The real Jason is put through a VR simulation where he thinks he's back at Camp Crystal Lake. Right. And comes across two ridiculously characterized teenagers. Would you like to smoke marijuana? Yeah. Or have premarital, premarital sex? Yeah. We love premarital sex. Exactly. And when he just picks up the sleeping bag and fucking wham, wham. Wham! Right against fucking trees yeah. and against each other. Just piñatas this fucking sleeping bag. Just makes like a camper burrito. Yeah. And just smashes it to bits. I love that scene. It's really fucking funny. It's so funny and still so Jason. Yeah. It's such a, like... From is, that, a, is that number two on your list? It's not necessarily number two. Like, I'm not really putting... I, I don't know if this is my second favorite... But I wanted to talk about it now just because of how well it flowed. Right, right. It's really hard for me to put these in order. No, that's fine. It's uh, really difficult. I think these are just top five in any order. Yeah. This isn't a dream team or an all-stars, really. I mean, we're very loose. By the way, it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we that's want. That's right. <laughs> and George isn't here. <laughs> we miss you, Bone King. <laughs> um, but Help yeah, man, me, it's, Bone King. <laughs> it's such a silly moment. Right. Well, the whole movie is silly. It's it, it turns with a camp yeah, up but, on Jason a lot. But, okay, but at that point, we were already past camp because we had. By the way, Camp Crystal Lake. Anyway, but we were past camp. Uh, uh, we had fucking Jason takes Manhattan. Mm-hmm. We had Jason goes to hell. 
Like you had these things where Jason was, Jason's a fucking cartoon character. Anyway, so what's uh, what's your what's third on your list? So, so how well do you remember the OG Halloween? Because there's been two well, Halloweens since then. <laughs> well, I'm two, sorry. Three total, but two since then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the classic has this really great scene where you see the tombstone on top of the bed with the dead babysitter in the, in the bed sheet, Judith Myers oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blonde. That's not my death. Okay. My death, my kill, however, is the one with the guy that was trying to hook up with that chick or they hooked up or whatever. And he's wearing glasses. Okay. And he gets like pinned to the wall. Now, there's a very, very funny thing that really interests me, but Jason, uh, I'm sorry, Michael, excuse me, how dare I, stabs this guy in the chest with the kitchen knife and pins him to the wall, and the guy's just immediately dead. So you assume the knife went to the heart, and the guy's just there, but Michael does this really interesting head nod, like a mm. dog understanding what, trying to like understand. Like cocking his head over. Yeah, yeah. like... What did I just do? Recognizing what he just did or being proud of it. You know what I mean? And I thought that was such a great moment mm -hmm. for this character because Michael up until that point is just no emotion. Right. The no shape. reactions, nothing. A hundred percent. And then you see finally him like understanding. I just killed this guy in a funny way. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's around to see it. But there's that camera in the corner. <laughs> But I, I thought it was a really good, I thought it was a really good death that is underrated in that entire series. Like in, t in that first movie. And the, the first movie has a lot of tension. Oh, yeah. And that first movie has like less of the gore. Obviously, Halloween 2 ramps that shit up. You have nurses in the fucking steaming hot bath and getting their face melted and all that. And you have what slashers become later. Mm -hmm. But this death, was probably the first of the wacky death, I feel. I guess. Yeah, it definitely added a little bit of like, huh, like, like it was definitely that first moment where you see, oh, there's something in there. Yeah. Like in terms of like Michael himself, which is really cool. So that's my number three. Your, your three, actually. Yeah, on to me. So. This is I a don't really weird tennis match. I don't necessarily care about this movie as a whole. Okay. Uh, but nonetheless, it gave me one of the coolest death scenes in any horror movie. The movie is Ghost Ship. Fuck. 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 What a... Oh, my God. I didn't have it. Oh, my God. That's so good. Oh. Like, so? Again, yeah. I, I don't care about the movie as a whole, really, because right. the whole movie it's is... cheesy. It's, yeah. it's not... But one of the opening scenes, which is where we're seeing the, the, the history of this ship... Right. Which is what leads to it being haunted is what causes the death of its entire passenger list. Right. Which is by far inventive as fuck. Let's talk so about that. So everyone's on the deck of the ship. Right. Having a ball or they're dancing or it's a party of some kind. Right. The majority of this passenger list is there and a safety line breaks. Yes. Right, it's a safety line. No, it's a, it's one of the tow cables for the for it the tow cable for the post. Right, because it's a big ass ship. Right. Uh, so this big metal cable breaks and ends up sliding across the deck of the ship, and it just so happens that everyone is at just the perfect height to just be fucking decapitated 
across the board of this deck of the right. Ship. You see heads off. You see midsections, everything, and it's like beautiful and it's blood cuts through them like a hot knife through butter just everyone comes out there's blood everywhere parts everywhere can can we talk really quick about the direction of the scene because yes, dude because let's let's talk about the fact that it's a, it's it's in the what 40s or 30s uh-huh. because you have this band you have this beautiful woman yep. in a red dress yep. she's singing this song as soon as that tail that look at me tail as soon as that fucking wire <laughs> goes through that crowd, that's when the song ends. And you're seeing the viewpoint of the little girl yep. who, because of her short height, right. dodges that. Right. And she has to see this river of blood, which I think that scene's 100% practical. Like, not the wire, but the blood and the gore. Oh, the well, viscera sure. is is practical. Yeah, like, yeah. that shit's beautiful as fuck. CGI blood does, doesn't do it. it. It usually falls really short. It's hard to do, though, man. Like, there's a lot of things in the human body that are really hard to get, to get right in CG. And, like, blood is one of these ways, is a liquid with a very strange property in the way that it refracts light. Right. Which is why, like, for example, like, state, like, you can't use stage blood as movie blood. Because even though, like, on set, movie blood looks fake as fuck, but it looks better for camera. Right. Meanwhile, stage, but you can't use it for stage because you need something that looks right out of camera. Because uh, blood is weird in the way it refracts light. So yeah, CG gets it wrong a lot. But man, that movie got it right. It was yeah, so good. that was a really good... Bro, two so far you have made me go, oh fuck. Like I didn't even think of. Um, I'm going to go with number four. So the original Friday the 13th, what do we love about it? We love the fact that it's not Jason. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah Sorry. Yeah. Spoiler. But uh, I... <laughs> it's I pr- his mommy. It's his mom. But what happens to the girl at the lake at the end? You see a mm. fucking corpse of Jason. And it's a kid. It's a, it's a yeah. fucked up, burnt up body, drowned body. Bloated, of, gooey. Exactly. It looks like a fucking feral ghoul. Uh, and it just grabs this the final girl. And pulls her in. And that moment is probably one of the more shocking moments. You're already recovering from the shock that it was the mom all along. Right. The mom fucking dies. And here we are. Jason was alive the whole fucking time under the water. And boom, brings the girl alive in. Alive is a generous word to use. Right, right, right. But, like, that was shocking to me. I see Friday the 13th, and I think that is... If not in the top 10 of all time horror movies, your list is fucking wrong because that that fucking kill, not only did it break the rule, what did we always hear from Scream? The final girl lives. Yep. The final girl didn't live here. Nope. This is a breaking of the rule. Sorry, I air quoted the rule <laughs> with my tied up hands. <laughs> the rule. And... It's just such a shocker. It's such a weight, a weight moment. And M. Night Shyamalan be damned, but that's a fuck. That's how you do a twist. Yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> that's how you fucking do a twist. And it's such a cool, like, it's such a visual. Cool, it's a cool visual for sure. The the Jason prop that they use, the little the the bloated the go- zombie doll, is so creepy and gross looking. I love it. Right. I, I love just throughout the Jason series, 
Because it's gone, it's done that a couple times where we've seen like oh, drowned Jason. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like kid Jason or drowned Jason or stuff like that. Where we, he's like shit. Gone we back had Corey that. Feldman Jason. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a fun, bro. Seeing seeing Corey Feldman kid version bald really bothers me. <laughs> yeah, man. Like uh, he. <laughs> It's, yeah, Corey Feldman Ball Jason is definitely uh, a weird visual. But uh but yeah, those that fucking scene slaps for me. But that's my number 4. What's your what's your 4? So again, it's a movie that I don't really care about as a whole. Well, we're not judging the movies. We're I judging know, kills. But like even uh, like and it's uh, and it's especially upsetting for me because it's not as good as its source material. Okay. But it still gives me one of my favorite deaths in a horror movie. And that's in Silent Hill. Fuck. Okay. The scene where Pyramid Head rips the skin off a woman like it's a fu- oh. like it's the fucking skin of an onion. Oh. It looks so good. Plays out so visceral and shocking. Right. And it like just you see him literally grab her skin like it's leather. And just fucking yank it off of her like a Thanksgiving turkey. Was that two or one? That was the first one. Santa Hill one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was she was one of the people in the fucking right, church. Right, right, right. And just oh, it's it looks so fucking great, man. Yeah, because that movie has some fucked up scenes. There's that there's that finale with the the final bitch, the, the barbed the, wire? Uh the barbed wire yeah. through every hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holes we shouldn't talk about, son. Mm-hmm. Uh but Pyramid Head. Okay, but here's a lot of things people have issues with the Silent Hill movies. Pyramid Head, yes, it is attached to James Sunderland for Silent Hill 2. Right. We get that. But it is the most iconic boss slash enemy of... And and his look is super appealing. He's arguably the mascot of Silent Hill. Right. Like, Resident Evil doesn't have a mascot. If no. it did, it would be a zombie. Right. But Silent Hill has... Honestly, the mascot of Silent Hill is the Umbrella logo. The mascot of the... Um... Uh, I mean, sorry. The mascot of... <laughs> of Resident Evil. <laughs> of Resident Evil is the Umbrella logo. Sorry. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. But Silent Hill... It's Pyramid it's, Head. It has sure. to be Pyramid Head or Fog. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into that in another episode. Just how genius the use of fog was to cover up the PS1's limitations. For sure. Really. And the PS2's. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. But that's a good kill. I, I wasn't even thinking about the fucking, the left, just skin. I, that, so my focus on this list was kills that made me go, oh, damn. And that really made me go, oh, damn. For me, my kills are ones I didn't even think was possible. Right. So it's just, but yeah. So again, from just a filmmaking standpoint, again, the effects used therein because it's mostly practical. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just all of it. It looks and it plays so well on screen. Forget the rest of the movie; doesn't matter. That kill, brilliant, magnifique, Mwah. delicious. So before I finish my last one, do you mind if I just run down my honorable mentions? Oh, you want to do your honorable mentions now? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I have three. Okay. How many do you have? Uh, I'll probably have three also by the time this is done. Yeah. Okay. So my honorable mention, number one. So in Halloween, the 2019 film, the one that's like, quote unquote, the yeah. uh, sequel to the first one has this great tracking shot 
of just Michael appearing at Haddonfield. And he goes through these houses and kills people and just upgrading his weaponry. He first picks up a hammer. He then gets the knife through the neck. I love that scene. Because of that scene, that movie was like my movie of the year. Like, I can watch that scene a hundred times over because, James, you know how difficult it is to do a single shot. Not only that, to do a single shot in between houses with different lighting, with different people. It's not a real wonder, though. Oh, it's not. No. There's hidden. There, oh, they fucking 1918 this shit. Yeah, there's a, there, there's hidden cuts in there. It's really well done though, but it's not a real oneer. Still, it still stays. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I still love it. It's a good quote unquote fake one shot. It's the best scene of that movie, just For because sure. of like you get to see this like little uh, Michael Myers marathon of like deaths, and it's really nice to see it happen. It's right, the way and it just happens. and just the way he goes about it, and. The black people didn't die, mm-hmm. which is good for a horror movie. <laughs> okay, what's the, what else is on your? Uh... So there's a movie called I believe it's called um, Wrong Turn. I may be wrong, it but sounds, uh, I mean I've seen that movie. But it's uh, set in Australia, I believe. I think that is Wrong Turn. Yeah. So, but there's a death in there that I watched. Now you may not, you may remember this. I used to work in West Coast Video. Okay, yeah. And we would just play movies. I worked at Blockbuster. Oh, well, rivals to the <laughs> end. Uh, we would um, we would play horror movies or whatever, depending on the scene, trying to promote movies. And that was one of the best things at work, where you could just play movies while you were working. So I put on this horror movie, and I was like, okay, okay. But then there comes this scene, right? This girl, you know, she fits the bill or whatever, the final girl. But this killer paralyzes her by cutting her fucking spine. Mm. So she sees everything that is going on to her body, but she isn't reacting to it. And that is by far one of the most fucked up things. Like I was cringing the entire time. I'm like, bro, this is fucking uncomfortable. Uh, Lastly, Dario Argento, one of the fucking granddaddies of granddaddies and nobody fucking talks about or if they do talk about they don't talk about enough fucking italian film director to the fucking nine made suspiria Mm. and what the fuck did suspiria do you had this beautiful domed painted glass in this mansion with all these beautiful women that were models right i think they were models james and she's they break the the dome and you see her body being hung by her fucking intestines. Oh yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, it's fake, you know, all that shit, but it is such an odd image and it's so realistic, like the practical effects. And this was the seventies. Who the fuck thought to make a movie like that? Like it was one of those that just who fucks you up. And uh, that's my honorable mentions. Yeah, no, that, that that is a hell of a scene, though. That's that's so bro it's impactful so... to the nine, dude. Mm-hmm. To the nine. All right, Adrian. Well, that was, what what's it? Close up. Close it up. Close it up. So this is a death. Now we talked about Freddy Krueger earlier in this list for me. Yes. And you actually, we talked a little bit about that, but he's not on your list. But this is honestly one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. 
So I think it was Dream Warriors. I think it was Freddy Four or whatever. He uh, he gets this kid that's like hooked to Super Nintendo. Like, yes. And he goes into yes into the game, and Freddy's like the boss, and he's playing with a Super Nintendo controller yep. with one clawed hand, and he's like killing the kid in the game. Bouncing and, him into ceilings and yeah, shit. Yeah, that shit's fucking hilarious. So you're fucking, fucking good. bro. Anybody who watches that, you're dying laughing. And the first thing that Freddy says after he kills the kid, because Freddy's like the king of one-liners. Oh yeah, it's him and Chucky, but Freddy wins because he's had more more movies. Yeah, but it's fucking Freddy going. I don't know if that's cool true at graphics. this point. Oh, who's had more movies? Yeah, no, it's definitely Freddy. It's definitely Freddy. So okay. we had Child's Play one, two, three. Uh, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. Then we had uh, Cult. Right, uh, the Cult of Chucky. And then that other one that was in the... There's been three modern Chucky movies, hasn't there? Right, and there's the reboot. Right. That's eight. Uh-huh. Then we had Nightmare on Elm Street 1, one 2, two five. 3, 5. Then we had... Um, do you count Freddy vs. Jason? I guess so. Then you also have uh, New Nightmare... You also have uh, the reboot. That's eight. Five was the one where uh, Freddy was a movie character, right? New Nightmare. That's New Nightmare. Okay. Five was him in the uh, raping one of the nuns. Right. Is it weird that I like New Nightmare? No. New Nightmare is fucking fantastic. It's It's such a cool. And at the time, it was such a fresh idea. Let, let's talk about this real quick. Okay. Really quick. We're going to get into the fucking like nitty gritty of Friday, uh, Night, Nightmare on Elm Street. Wes Craven did the first one. Mm-hmm. And he did the first one from a very real place. It, it was like he lifted it from newspapers of kids being killed yeah. by their dreams. And he thought it was such a fresh take. He didn't do the fucking sequels. Right. And let's talk about number two being a fucking metaphor for gay. For coming out as gay, because it's um, the 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 guy wasn't uncom was uncomfortable, and it became a metaphor for him. Uh, and guess what? A lot of the LGBT champion that fucking movie as how difficult it is to coming out being gay. Interesting, particularly in the fucking eighties. But then you have the one movie that brings him back to the franchise is New Nightmare, right? And not only that, you have Robert England just acting as Robert England, not not yeah. Freddy. But he also exits Freddy. Right. Then you have that great acting with that kid. I forgot. Oh, but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that kid was creepy as shit. Then, no, you, have, then you have Heather Langenkamp. Then you have um, the, the cop dad from the first movie. And the, it was so creative. Wes Craven, rest in peace, brother. You were fucking ahead of your game. Absolutely, man. And just like I said, like at the time, that was such a cool concept. Like... Breaking the fourth wall wasn't new, but right. using breaking the fourth wall as a method to introduce your actors to your character and make your movie part of the plot and all of that was so fucking cool. Right. And just making, you don't know if Freddy's real. Exactly. It was blending that. It was so good. I love the, that movie. Yeah. No, I'm, dude, that's hands down my fra- favorite nightmare. Same. Yes. Okay. That and, uh, Dream Warriors, which Dream is, Warriors is which is the fucking, but still, New Nightmare, top of the list. It's it's a bit sad. It didn't do as much money as it should have. Yeah, 
but it was still really ahead of its time. I think so, man. And like I said, it was just so such an original. Shit, that fucking ending battle. Uh-huh. Heather versus Freddy was yeah, so man. good. Well, I'm sorry. I took up way too much of your time. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and, yeah, I'll go ahead and do my honorable mentions. Well, see, so you say that I didn't have Nightmare on Elm Street on my list, but technically I did. Those two that I mentioned were honorable mentions of mine. Oh, which ones? Repeat the, them? The, it's Primetime Bitch and I'm Your Boyfriend Now. <laughs> uh, those were both such great scenes. So, yeah, those are in my honorable mentions list. Uh, another one on my honorable mentions list is In Bride of Chucky. Oh, Chucky. Listen, the fact that I didn't have Chucky on my list shouldn't deter you from him having really great kills out there, audience. Kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Bride of Chucky, you said? Yes. Okay, let's see where it's going. There's the couple making love in the, in the motel suite. Oh, my God. And as most sleazy motel suites have, they have that mirror above the bed. And I don't remember if it's Chucky or... The, her, the what, girlfriend? What's her name? Oh, fuck. Whatever. If it's Chucky or the bride, that they take a champagne bottle and toss it up into this fucking motel root ceiling mirror. And it just rains mirrored glass down on this couple fucking on the bed. Tiffany. Tiffany, thank you. I don't remember who tosses the champagne bottle, but there's just this rain, a razor sharp mirrored glass falling on this couple fucking. And like this glass is so obviously CG. It's so fake, but it's still such a in like inventive kill. Right. I loved it when that first happened. It was so cool. Can I give you a little trivia? Yes, please. Ronnie Yu, who directed Freddy vs. Jason, directed that movie. Oh, uh, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Good for you, brother. Uh, another honorable mention that I feel like we have to mention because uh, it's so, again, it's another one of those scenes that there's nothing really like it is the Final Destination highway scene. Fuck, 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 fuck. We didn't touch those. Those are really good. And, and I dare you, anybody who's out there, you don't drive behind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the logs, all of it, like that whole scene because they've done a similar scenes to that, but that's the first one. It's such a creative scene, beautifully shot. You've got the fucking just it's it's even though the physics really bother me. I'm right. gonna be a physics nerd for a second. <laughs> when the logs first fall off the truck, right. they somehow bounce higher than their origin point, which isn't possible. Right. You can it's only, not. It's not that bouncy. Right. No, you, nothing can do that. You can't like if if you're not applying extra energy, nothing can bounce higher than the point that it falls from. But anyway, who says you don't learn? Right. On fanfreaks. Uh but yeah, it's still a cool fucking scene. Right, but I'm sure you you're with me there. If oh, you yeah, see no. that on, on I see logs on a flatbed, I'm going nowhere near that thing. No. <laughs> I don't logs, fence posts, anything like that. Nope. Mm-mm. You know, Final Destination has a lot of good kills. Well, it's a great idea. The idea that death itself is the bad guy. Right. And it's mad at you for cheating it. It's such a great idea for a movie. And yeah, it lends itself to these like ridiculous like deaths. Uh, because like, you know, you also have like the dude who got killed by the exercise equipment. Yeah. That was another, which reminds me of another one of my honorable mentions, which is the reverse bear trap from Saw. The first Saw movie. Oh shit. That's right. Which, Saw has a lot of inventive kills, but they're a little like ham-fisted at times. Right. But in the first movie, it was still fresh enough where that reverse bear trap, like you can feel her like 
like the tension in that scene. Yeah. Though I will say, uh, I have a li- so I don't really have a fear of, I don't have a fear of needles anymore. But the idea of a lot of needles really grosses me out. Like it's it's a phobia of mine. And there's that one scene in Final in uh, Saw Two where yeah, she which- has to go into a swimming pool full of dirty syringes to get yeah. a key. I can't watch it. I cannot watch that. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, there's the Final Destination Highway. There's, yep, the Brian the Glass. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and my final honorable mention is going to be, which again, I, I wish I could have gotten this onto the main list, but The Thing, throughout all of its multiple remakes, has had some really cool deaths too. Oh, shit. But in my opinion, my favorite The Thing death is the blood test. Or the chest compressions. Oh, fuck. When, you know, he tries to bring this body back to life and it and ends both up... both hands. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. That's such a great scene. Can we talk about that fucking body horror? Yes. That fucking Cronenberg-esque. That, Holy shit. It, I mean, it's a benchmark of body horror. Like, can, we, can we... Like, that's why I don't like the remake. It wasn't practical. Yeah. It was CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it right. Do it fucking right. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. It, it did definitely lose some of that gritty quality when it went to CG. Uh, but again, it's CG has a lot of hurdles. It, it's it's difficult to do to get that realism and movement and texture. Uh, which, but the, the the original thing just nails it, man. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong; like you obviously know that it's fake, but it looks better because it's dirty. It's real. It's there. You know. So yeah, that uh, the blood test scene is uh, definitely like I, I love. Or the Can I just say yeah. I'm honestly surprised Thirteen Ghosts isn't on your list because there's that great scene of the glass. I can't oh cutting yeah. in half the lawyer, like sideways cut. Yeah, not, not fucking, and you just see half of fucking. You know, talking about the glass and and that. There's another really great scene from a movie that I don't even remember if it's good or not. Do you remember the cell? With that Vincent movie's D'Onofrio fucking great. Yes, the horse. And Jennifer Lawrence. The horse. So the scene where the glass bisects the horse. Yeah. And this that's all CG. But it's so well done. Because she but has, that was like CG in the 90s and it looks so good. To be fair, okay, so the uh corridor uh, I've I've talked about Corridor Digital a lot on this uh, on this podcast because like they're one of my favorite YouTube channels. Because they're just a bunch of visual effects guys that analyze and react to CG. And they bring up a good point. Like the 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 Jurassic Park T Rex in Jurassic Park one still holds up, right? It but does. that's because the problem is more often than not the problem with CG is that the director does not have the visual uh, the visual effects artist in mind. Oh. When a director makes a scene, he needs to remember, hey, somebody's gonna have to go in and add a fake character to this. I can make this easier on them. Jurassic Park, it's a dark scene with one source of light. And there's it's raining, so they can make the T-Rex shiny. Shiny is easy in, in CG. That's why the T-Rex still holds up today. Because he's got great conditions for CG. That's really interesting. Holy More shit. Corridor than, Digital, you said? Yeah. Co- uh, Corridor Crew and Corridor Digital, they make a lot of really cool YouTube videos. They made, like, uh, Nerf Gun John Wick. They made <laughs> uh, Playing Basketball with Portals. They, had, uh, they made... Uh, you yeah, have you seen those Boston Dynamic robots? The, oh, the, the 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 ones that just like 
are normal robots yeah, that are doing but then they like kick them and shit so they made like a parody version why'd you of that? kick off your sandal yeah. <laughs> they made like a parody version of that where like the robot fights back right it's really good you're uh, a really yeah. weird supervillain wearing sandals no <laughs> supervillains can be comfortable uh but yeah so yeah so so it's important for directors to keep their uh their computer graphics team in mind and that's more often than not what happens that scene is another great example where they kept them in mind and it worked out great and just the scene where she has to step between this the is the two, cell right the cell yeah sorry going back to that the scene where she has to step between the two cross sections of horse right and the half heart is still beating and it all it's so it looks so good so that's a lot of fucking honorable mentions. Yes. What's your final freaky five? So I, I had to choose between two specific scenes in this movie. Oh, it's the same movie. It is the same movie. Okay. Because one scene had a lot of really good foreshadowing. All right. Because when they were guessing on how the young teenagers were going to die, somebody voted for Mermaid. And later on, he dies and he mentions how gross... And how much cleanup is involved in Death by Mermaid. And that same guy dies by a mermaid in Cabin in the Woods. Fucking knew you were going to bring up that movie. That's like one of your favorite movies it of all is. time. It's one of my favorite horror movies. It's one of my. It's a perfect example of parody and homage all put into one. Right. Because it's both and it respect does it Respect well. where you came from. Exactly. Poke some fun, but respect it. It does it great. Despite that, despite that being a great scene because, you know, it's ironic, it's, you know, it's fun. The best scene in that movie is the elevator. Oh, for sure. As Where just all of this goes and kills a, a, a special forces squad. Just so you first off, you have this great build up scene, which is where the two survivors are going now through the facility, seeing chamber upon chamber upon chamber of just monster that's kept in these cages. And there's so many references. Everything. I think it, it broke. It's on the Guinness Book of World Records for like the most references in a film. It has to be, man. It's up there. It's either that or Ready Player One. Oh, no. Ready Player One has to beat it. I, I think it has to. Uh, well, you know what this means? We have a versus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Like, uh, So you have this great build-up scene where... I can get out. I can get out. I want my pet back. Uh, yeah, you have this great build-up scene where you see all these creatures, and then like the two survivors are now in this death, like they're in this situation where they're going to die. And what do they do? They unleash every creature in this facility into the facility, which eventually leads to the mermaid death, by the way. Right. But it's just a scene of complete quiet, special forces scene in the middle of this highway. And they're like geared up to the teeth. But Flood of monsters, everything. Fucking giant mutant bats. A uh, fucking snake. Like a snake, a, a, a robot with saw blades, the lord of pain and torture, a unicorn. Uh, you have the clowns. You have the zombies. You have the fucking uh, molesting tree from Res uh, from uh, Evil Dead. Dead. You have everything. Well, you have Z uh, um, um, Reavers from, uh, from fucking Firefly. You have like all kinds of shit just flooding out of these fucking elevators and just tearing these guys apart right. and it's such a as a horror movie fan you're, you're like every time you watch that movie you're like hey there's another thing i've seen hey there's a creature hey there's this thing right like, it's not even like you're mad you're no. just like hey look at all the things i can point out yeah. i remember that i remember that exactly 
but it's also fun because it's, you've never seen them all together. Yep. And uh, fuck the special forces guys. Yeah. They all fucking died. Well, I mean, they were there to kill the people who the, who were there like as sacrifices to this elder god against their will. Which, by the way, one of the best endings to a horror movie ever. They don't save the day. The world fucking ends. Yeah. They literally just like say, fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck your whole cult. We're just going to let the world end. And like at the end of the movie, this fucking elder god hand comes up and crushes everything. And you presume that the world is now ended. It's over. And that's amazing. It's such a cool movie. But that scene in particular, just it's it's such a great little like thumbnail of perfection that that movie is. So just to round it up, let's do our Freaky Five again. My number one is Johnny Depp and the Fountain of Blood in, New- in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Kevin Bacon with the poke me daddy scene mm-hmm. where he gets poked through the bed and through two bodies in the human shish kebab. Uh, the glasses guy that's stuck to a wall in Halloween, the original one. Uh, Jason out of the wa- out of the water in Friday the 13th. Yeah. And video game Freddy who says cool graphics right at the end. What's yours? So I start, I, I don't remember the order I said them in at this point and I'm not going to, I don't care. Uh, so it was definitely the chest burster. You know, fucking horror and sci-fi movie icon. Uh, we've got the Jason X camper pinata. Hell yeah. Uh, we've got the ghost ship wire scene. Fuck. Such fucking a good pick. So good. Uh, Silent Hill. Uh, our, our homeboy pyramid, uh, pyramid has skinning a bitch with his bare hands. Right. And yeah, my cabin in the woods elevator scene, man. Just so good. Let us know what's your freaky five. Please. Uh, on Twitter, you have Wasteland Ramos, right? At Wasteland Ramos. I'm uh, at Adrian MDOD. And of course, you could just follow on, at Fan Freaks That's on right. Twitter and join us at the Fan Freaks uh, Facebook group. Yep. F A N F R E K S. Right. And uh, be sure to just uh, remember my location is. <laughs> hey, 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 stop it. It's enough. I'm done with you. Zara, you know what? Come here. You're, you're going to get the good one this time. <laughs>